the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. That's Danny Cannell. That's Bud Elliott. I'm Chip Patterson. Uh, we've got a big week ahead. We are going to be hitting you in coming episodes with the Big Ten East win totals, with the Big Ten West win totals. we got to start to really focus on what's coming up with the season ahead. I mean, gentlemen, we're, we're about to hit double-digit days in August. But one of the biggest stories throughout all of college football and throughout all of sports in general was the, the confirmation in the news of the passing of legendary Hall of Fame National Championship winning head coach Bobby Bowden. The news came out on Sunday morning. And uh, obviously, our own Danny Cannell right here. Um, just the he has spoke. Uh, Danny, you've spoken about uh, you know being able to get to visit him and and how great it was to be able to get that time in. And on the group chat, that that was one thing that I think we all expressed. We were really excited that you were able to have that that moment to share with him in uh, in the recent history. So you have been the focus uh, for a lot of the CBS Sports, right? Like CBS Sports HQ is you and Brian McFadden, former Knowles, getting up there, being able to uh, share your experience. I know on the radio show, you were able to get on Derek Brooks and get on other voices to be able to commemorate it. So in addition to giving you to just sort of the platform to share uh, your thoughts with the Cover 3 audience, I also am curious about how you're feeling about the last, you know, all this time and the phone calls and what it's been like to be able to see how the rest of college football has reacted. It's been remarkable. It really has. And while there's definitely some sadness, and I'm sure you guys have all been to funerals or services for people and you try to spin it as we're going to have a celebration of this person's life. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's still kind of, it sucks, right? Like that's, it still sucks, but I will say with Coach Bowden, because he was 91, because we did know a couple weeks ago, and it it helped some, I think, for closure for a lot of people that it wasn't a shock. And I know a lot of people had the opportunity, like I did, maybe not to see him in person, but to send him some love, to send him messages. Derek Brooks talked about FaceTiming him and getting to like kind of say their piece. Like that has helped a lot. And I will say I've been overwhelmed by the amount of people who have reached out, but also the reaction by the college football world, like seeing so many different fan bases, like the Gators and Hurricanes, like they appreciate Coach Bowden. And I think that speaks volumes to the type of person that he was, because as much as you might have hated the Florida State Seminoles, and there were like, and Florida State was not the most likable team when we were dominating, right? <laughs> like, like being, I hated, 
Oh, you're you're, you're but, saying the 14 straight seasons of like you know finishing in the top five, or even you know my experience as a little North Carolina fan of knowing that like not only is this team gonna beat you, but it's gonna be everybody else in the entire conference an undefeated streak <laughs> upon showing up. I mean the there's there's definitely um, there was there was definitely some of that too. It's it wasn't the most likable. The spear coming to your town was not uh, something that you got super excited about. I don't. I don't know if I hated Florida State, but I, I do remember at the time, like back when the Florida State Notre Dame were both, you know, in the '80s. Is like there's a lot of Notre Dame fans in Chicago, so there was definitely among college football fans and Notre Dame fans that I do in my life. There was plenty of hate for Florida State at the time. <laughs> but Danny, even what? even the fan bases that hated Florida State, they were all kind of like. Oh man, Bobby Bowden's tough to hate. You know, like they were like, yeah. he's so like like a grandfather, likable, funny guy that even our most hated rivals didn't hate Coach Bowden. They might have hated us, the players, and the Seminole brand, but they still were like, yeah, but your coach is kind of cool. <laughs> I feel like that's a, uh, it's, we don't, even allow for that now, right? Don't we just have so much hate between fan bases and rivalries that you, there's like very few, like maybe an SEC fan can respect Saban, but I don't know how many fans uh, in, in this time where we amplify the vitriol, when we amplify the hate, when you just want to dog anything and everything about your rival. I don't, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if we'll see another level of respect like that again for a coach. It's, it's remarkable. And you mentioned the Notre Dame thing. I I found myself on Sunday going back and just remembering how important the scheduling model uh, was for Florida State as an independent and being willing to go play anyone and just sort of taking this caravan on the road and how Im like that was really the the foundation and, and that had to be straight from Coach Bowden you know that had to be something where you were willing to to come out and uh, and and say what you were before you were that. To say, like, we are a power on the level of a Notre Dame, on the level of a Miami, but, you know, we weren't even there yet, but being willing to take on that challenge had to instill so much confidence and just, you know, reverberate throughout what Florida State football was going to be. Yeah, and I think now, like, in the modern climate, you need the context of the fact that how much, you know, the revenue situation has changed. But, like, you always hear schools who are saying, we'll play anybody anywhere. We're not scared of anybody. But most of them don't do it. It's like, we'll play a home-and-home, home, or we'll do this and this. Like, Bobby Bowden and Florida State were playing away and aways, and away and aways. Didn't they play, like, Nebraska for four straight seasons and then win, a few, like, what, two or three of those games? It's like, that... It's because of that kind of attitude and the actually sticking to it and not just being empty words that really is how Bobby Bowden turned Florida State into Florida State because, like you said, Chip, they were an independent. They weren't. They didn't have a set conference schedule. They were playing the big boys every year, and for a while at the beginning, they were getting their butts kicked a little bit, but it made the program better, and it's what helped turn that program into a national brand both in getting it on television at the time when not every game was televised, but when you're playing Nebraska, you're going to be on TV in the 80s. And it made it more of attractive to prospects in high school and players from around the country go to Florida State. And honestly, I mean, Florida State's not Florida State if Bobby Bowden never shows up. Absolutely. They, they were the homecoming game you scheduled from hell. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like, oh, yeah, we, we got this scheduled five, six years in advance. Oh, uh, ooh, these these guys can run. Like, that's, you know, they, they, they go up there and they and they wouldn't get a return game in most cases, right? Like, they were the paycheck game in the early 80s that, 
you pretty quickly wanted to kind of get off your schedule if, if you were counting it as 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 a win. Um, you know, here in Orlando, I hear UCF fans, hey, like, you know, we we'll, we have, we'll play Florida if it's a home and home. Like, if you're really trying to establish your brand, do what Florida State did. Do what Boise did for a couple of years. Didn't always follow through on it still. But, like, go go play at Georgia without a return game like Boise did, right? Go to Nebraska, you know, go, go to Pitt. Right? Later on, you know, go, go to Michigan. Um, I also think, like, early in his tenure, he, I don't know that he gets a lot of credit for being a real offensive innovator. You know, at – once they got to kind of the mid-90s, they they innovated again in the early 90s when they went all, all the up-tempo spread stuff. And then they sort of just kind of settled into what they did. And what they did was have just incredible players and run what they knew what they knew worked. But in the 80s, that was a really kind of unique, creative offense. They would run a ton of trick plays. We, we talk about punt Ruski, but mm-hmm. like that was a really, really fun thing to watch. And a lot of it was because he had to, right? Like they had some special players and they didn't have the depth that – they would have to have to compete with some of these bigger teams that are going to grind on you, and he found ways to to overcome those. It was it was pretty cool. Danny, uh, any any stories that you had forgotten that have come out in in text messages or phone calls or in any of these conversations? Because I mean, I was racing through uh, Danny walking in to Coach Bowden's office and being like, "You have to play Randy Moss." You have to. Like, this guy is so good, you know. And you know other other things that I've only picked up from you know our conversations together. But I, I didn't know if there's e- even other stuff from the archives that have uh, have have popped up in uh, the last uh, last several hours. So I heard Brian McFadden. We actually were doing HQ yesterday, and he told a story about the Bobby Bowden show, which I had a similar experience because after a game when you're playing in the '90s, you couldn't flip on Twitter and see the highlights, you know, like kind of had to wait and maybe sports center would have them, but you know, maybe the game was late. So most players would watch the Bobby Bowden show with Gene Deckeroff, which was like at eight or 9 AM on Sunday morning. So I remember watching the Bobby Bowden show my freshman year. Cause it was, I had thrown my first touchdown pass in garbage time, but I wanted to see like the highlight of the throw on the Bobby Bowden show. So on it comes and, Coach Bowden's like, there's number 13. What a good throw by this young freshman. And Gene Deckeroff, as he always did, stepped in and say, yep, that's Danny Cannell. Like he had to say the name because Coach Bowden didn't know your name yet. And so <laughs> Coach Bowden's like, yep, I remember, you know, recruiting. As soon as as soon as soon he said Danny Cannell, then Coach Bowden, like Hughes, picks it right up and says, I remember recruiting Danny down in Fort Walton Beach. And boy, did his mom make some incredible Italian cooking. So I let the Fort Walton Beach thing go back go by because that's Call where me, Danny guys. Werfel was from. But he he like messed it up and he had recruited Danny Werfel as well. And I kind of let that go. And I was like, but he raved about my mom's cooking. And my mom did cook for him when he came to our visit. So I called my mom and I'm like, Mom, like, do you hear Coach Bowden? She was on Cloud Nine. So then a couple weeks later, I'm not playing, I'm backing up Charlie. Todd Rebel, my roommate, gets into a game and gets his first sack. So what do we do? We're up early. We want to see his first sack on the Bobby Bowden show. And sure enough, Coach Bowden says, well, at 48 right there. He's an impressive linebacker. What a great play. And Gene Dockeroff goes, yep, that's Todd Rebol from Port Charlotte, Florida. And Coach Bowden goes, boy, I remember recruiting Todd last year. He goes, boy, his mom made some of the best Italian cooking I've ever had. <laughs> and Todd and I, like, we looked at each other. And we were like, did he really just do that? And like, so his Todd's mom was pumped. My mom was pumped. We never told either one of them the real story that Coach Bowden is just playing up to all the moms. 
because he knows that's what would keep his mom's happy. The kid's going to be happy. So it was just, it was part of the endearing part of him. It was kind of a joke through the program because he wasn't the best with names. Everybody was buddy. But when he knew your name, which he finally did when I was the starter, that was when you're like, oh, I'm a, I've made it when Coach Bowden knew your name. Danny, uh, is it is it Derek Brooks whose little sister, like r- r- real young sister, fell asleep in his lap on the in-home recruiting visit? Yeah, he told us that story this morning. It's unbelievable. Like, and he and he would do that. He Coach Bowden always talked about not recruiting the players, but recruiting the mamas. Like, that, I'm, I'm gonna get their boys. I'm gonna have the mamas because they're gonna send their boys to me. They're gonna trust them with me. And he says, you know how Coach Bowden pulled over his little sister, had him on his lap. BMAC has a great story about Coach Bowden, you know, seeing him years later and had met his little sister who was like four and five and asked him like, how's your little sister doing who was like in high school? And like Coach Bowden still remembered from the recruiting trip meeting his little sister. So it was a it was a weird kind of like, he definitely had great recall. He just wasn't great with names. They weren't a high on a priority list. The His ability, I think, to go in home and seal the deal uh, really matched up perfectly uh, as far as you know, skills wise with the time that recruiting really was back then because guys were not committing to schools as freshmen and sophomores like they are now, right? I, I don't know how many unofficial visits Danny went on. Most guys didn't take a whole lot of unofficial visits to schools as juniors. You didn't really have a whole lot of these junior days going on in the 80s and 90s and God, even even early 2000s to a certain extent until Mac Brown started to, to popularize that, that concept. Um, but it usually came down those last couple weeks for a lot of these top guys. And there weren't all these lists, like you didn't really know who was ahead. And the, the guys who did put out the list, like you know, Bill Buckhalter of the Orlando Sentinel, who, who just recently passed away, probably the first like real newspaper recruiting guy out there. FSU wouldn't be that high on these lists in, in you know on, on Halloween. And then all of a sudden it's like boom, they went from 55th to number one uh, because they, they they closed on signing day. And like just what a perfect marriage of of skill set. With, with the recruiting landscape at the time. One of a kind, a uh, Hall of Famer, an icon of Bobby Bowden. Danny, thank you so much for sharing as well. I hope the Cover 3 listeners enjoyed it. Uh, we will be back with you soon. Those Big Ten East win totals. You can follow him on Twitter at Danny Cannell. You can follow him at Tom Fernell. You can follow him at Bud Elliott 3. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.